Good morning, it's Monday, November 8th, and this is the Herald Review's Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other important things going on in our community. Starting today, non-citizens from Mexico traveling to the U.S. for leisure will be allowed back across the border. This follows an 18-month shutdown by U.S. officials that stopped these individuals from coming into this country to shop, eat, and stay at local accommodations. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Lolly Automotive. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small town dealer friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today, or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now some local history. Founded in August 1960, the Sierra Vista Women's Club has been a major volunteer organization in the city of Sierra Vista. Through strong leadership and commitment to the community it serves, the SVWC has become an example of excellence. Stay tuned to hear about one of their most recent projects. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. Starting today, non-citizens from Mexico traveling to the U.S. for leisure will be allowed back across the border. This follows an 18-month shutdown by U.S. officials that stopped these individuals from coming into this country to shop, eat, and stay at local accommodations. But those coming across the border for non-essential reasons will have to show proof of being fully vaccinated. Travelers should be prepared to attest to their vaccination status and to present proof of vaccination to a CBP officer upon request. We ask that you do not wait for the officer to ask you the question. Travelers are reminded to bring a Western Hemisphere Travel Initiative document or a witty document as is better known, such as a valid U.S. passport, a trusted traveler program card, or an enhanced driver's license when re-entering the country. U.S. citizens should also be prepared to present a witty uh, compliant document and any other documents requested by a CBP officer. These requirements do not apply to minors 17 and under. So what counts as an essential reason to cross? Work, school, and medical reasons, to name a few. And under these circumstances, people don't have to show proof of being fully vaccinated. But that will change in January, when all non-citizens crossing the border will be required to show they have received either both doses of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine or the one-dose Johnson & Johnson shot. Michael Humphreys, the director of the Nogales Port of Entry, says that in January, children younger than 18 who haven't been given a COVID-19 shot will be allowed to cross the border as long as they are accompanied by an adult who has been fully vaccinated. The restrictions on non-essential travelers from Mexico and Canada started back in March 2020. Federal officials prohibited Mexicans and Canadians from entering the U.S. in a campaign aimed at stopping the spread of COVID-19. At that point, only non-citizens who were traveling here were allowed to cross the southwest and northern borders. Humphreys said there will likely be delays at land ports of entry and ferry terminals because non-essential travelers have been waiting 18 months to cross the border. He also explained that while those entering for non-essential purposes will then have to confirm they have been fully vaccinated, not everyone will be required to show their vaccination documents. In fact, only some people will be referred to the review sections to show their documents. 
Business leaders in Douglas and Sierra Vista are hoping there are no issues at the ports of entry. Sonorans who are allowed to cross the border have been shopping in Cochise County for years, and their absence was felt by many merchants in both cities. And the mayors of Douglas and Sierra Vista have repeatedly said that while they understood that certain restrictions had to be instituted during the height of the pandemic, many of their businesses suffered when non-essential travelers were prohibited from crossing the border. Douglas Mayor Donald Hewish recently told us that many of the city's mom-and-pop businesses had been forced to scale back on employees or get rid of them altogether because of a lack of shoppers from Sonora, particularly Agua Prieta. And Sierra Vista Mayor Rick Mueller had said that on weekends, Sonoran shoppers accounted for about 30% of the sales receipts in the city's stores. Those revenues were obviously lost during the last year and a half. So, naturally, news that the restrictions would finally be lifted today was welcomed in Douglas and Sierra Vista. Melanie Edwards-Barton, chief executive officer of the Sierra Vista Area Chamber of Commerce, agreed. She said some businesses had to cut back on staff because of the virus, but now many are hiring again in order to meet the needs of shoppers who are coming back. Traffic volume has risen close to pre-pandemic levels. We have uh, reassigned officers to primary and secondary areas um, to assist in alleviating these traffic times. You can read more on this story at myheraldreview.com. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. On Thursday, October 28th at 2 p.m., Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista is hosting Alzheimer's disease expert David Troxell for a free online Q&A session where he can directly respond to your concerns or questions. To register and submit a question in advance, visit prestigecanhelp.com. Again, that's prestigecanhelp.com. Next, what does a former hospice nurse do for Veterans Day? She organizes the members of her club into a lap quilt making machine, of course. Ellie Mae Frakes took six women, and some of their family members too, from the Sierra Vista Women's Club, and together they are making 50 lap quilts and afghans that will be donated to veterans who are patients at three area hospices. They began the project in August. The blankets will be handed over next week. The idea to make the blankets came about after Frakes was looking for a service project which she and the club members could work on together but safely during these COVID times. As a hospice nurse, Frakes knows how valuable a lap quilt might be to patients and their families. She also knew that quilt making is an individual task, yet everyone could contribute in some way. It was a natural fit. Club president Gisela Haley, who made eight quilts, said she is not surprised by the hard work her members gave. She explained that the Women's Club is a very active organization. Every member has to step forward. They were really very, very busy. Next, an event going on this week that you should know about. Brought to you by our sponsors, Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative. You are probably spending a lot more quality time at home these days, keeping you and your family safe. And that can present some opportunities that you usually don't experience. Like maybe laughing together at a funny movie, or screaming together at a scary movie pitching in to make a special dinner. Or maybe you're keeping in touch with friends and relatives and other places on your devices. And it just so happens that many of the activities we're sharing with each other are made possible by electricity. At Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, we know that you are depending on us both for fun and serious needs. And we want you to know that we're here for you day and night, sunshine or storm, easygoing times or trying times like now making sure you're getting the power that you need every day to meet your needs. For over 85 years, through all kinds of tough times, we've been there for our members. And even though you may not see us, we're here for you now. 
Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative, owned by those we serve. The Border Arts Corridor 2021 Artist Fellowship Showcase and Las Historias exhibit by Dara Preciado will be held at Studio 917 Gallery on Friday, November 12th and Saturday, November 13th. You can see original work by emerging artists inspired by life in the borderland. There will be paintings, videos, sculptures, a fashion mannequin, and a dance rehearsal video. Also, we're excited to announce that the Herald Review media team has just launched a local e-commerce website specifically for Cochise County businesses to sell their products and services. Now you can shop 24-7 online at your favorite local businesses participating on loveshoplocalaz.com. Check it out. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of John Irwin Strain. John was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was a big but gentle man who was loved by all who knew him. John came from a wealthy family. His father was a chemical engineer for Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati. But he went against the grain and became a self-made man who never used his privilege for gain. After serving his country as a member of the United States Army Corps of Engineers, he met who would become the love and passion of his life, Dorothy. Together, they made their way to Colorado, where he and Dorothy raised their family and lived a wonderful life together. He spent most of his life there as an engineer for the Department of Transportation. He worked on many large projects, including Wolf Creek Pass. After retiring from the Department of Transportation, John and Dorothy worked tirelessly as business owners serving all walks of life. He was a generous man that never met a stranger and always had time for family and friends. To those who knew him, and even those who didn't, goodbye was never enough. It was always his sincere hope that you would have a good day. He was a man who meant it. He will remain a giant by all who knew him, and he will always be remembered and loved dearly. Thank you for taking a moment with us today to remember and celebrate John's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. Join us again on Tuesday. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. For more information on any of the stories you heard about today, visit us at myheraldreview.com. Right now, you can become a member starting at just $1.99 per week. Want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com.